Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. I want to talk about, um, I was having a, having a great discussion with someone, with a believer the other day, and we were talking about um, uh, an, an issue that always comes up for me, and that was the issue of sovereignty. And, uh, you know, in our Christian life, there's various, uh, there's sort of various milestones. There's, there's things that, you know, you look at that, you look at that time or you look at something that the Lord was dealing with or something that he showed you or, and it becomes, I mean, it becomes like a milestone or like a mile marker. I call them pillars. I see the Christian life very much as like the building of a structure. And, um, let's look at a house. For example, you have, you have all kinds of things that are involved in making a house. You have you have wood, you may have bricks, you have all kinds of glass, windows, all kinds of different materials. But the most important part of that is the foundation and then the load-bearing structure. So if you ever driven by a place and they're sort of halfway built or first they dig a hole and then they lay the big blocks down in the ground, that's the foundation. And then they put sort of like the superstructure or the main structure, the main, you know, walls, the main, those are load-bearing walls, um, and they're pivotal to the Christian life. And then there's all kinds of other things that, you know, that are, that are being added. And, and while the load-bearing stuff is being put in, there's, there's plumbing, there's lines that are cut, there's holes that are cut for electrical, there's all these different aspects that are all going to go to the completion of the house. But, the whole thing is going to stand and it's going to stand strong upon the load-bearing aspect of it, the key foundation and then the load-bearing structure. Everything else is vital to to successfully living in that home, but it plays a different role. And um, so I have in my mind, <laughs> we've all done it differently, I guess, in my mind, there's foundational truths that are simply irrefutable. They are unquestionable. If they are taken out, that there's no possibility of a successful structure being built in your Christian life. It's just not possible. The virgin birth would be one of those. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead would be one of those. <laughs> you know, the sovereign, the deity of Jesus would be one of those. That he, in fact, was God the Son. You know, so those are. Those are things that if you don't have those right, you're just going to end up with all kinds of lopsided thinking farther down the road. And then there's the load-bearing structural things. They're not pivotal. They are vital to the Christian life and living successfully the Christian life and walking in the Spirit. But they, you can go a long way, and a lot of people can have, uh, you know, a, an incredible amount of success in their walk with God, and not have these things in place, not have these things keenly understood, um, and some of them to lesser or greater degrees. One of the ones that I have found that is uh, a load bearing, 
but at the same time, extremely vital is the sovereignty of God. Now, the sovereignty of God, I've dealt with the sovereignty of God on, on another a podcast series, and it plays in very much into this uh, podcast, um, which I, uh, you know, I may do a couple of them, and I've, I've called Between Two Worlds. The Christian lives between two worlds. There's, 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 a, there's a confusion in many believers because of that distinction. So I want to read a portion of scripture right off the bat, and um, this is uh, this kind of is a bit of a lead into uh, where I'm going, uh, and uh, you find it in Philippians three twenty. Uh, there was a marvelous book. I actually uh, corresponded briefly with uh, this gentleman, and he was gracious enough to send me a copy of his book. It's a little it's harder, a little hard to get a hold of. I think he kind of privately published it. Uh, I highly recommend it if you can find a copy. Uh, it's uh, Lindsay Garman's book, and it's called Citizens of Heaven, Residents of Earth. And uh, though um, it, isn't, uh, it, it isn't the basis of this, these podcasts, it, uh, he, he touches on some things that are very, very powerful and very, very vital. And uh, I'm just glad to have a copy of his book, and it makes it easier for me to... Uh, to kind of just sort of, uh, you know, uh, pull a few things together for you quickly um, uh, and make things uh, uh, a little more expeditious. And uh, Philippians 3.20 says, um, and this is, uh, let's see, there's a bunch of, uh, let's, let's, let's read it out of the Moffat's translation. Here's an old one. Uh, but we are a colony of heaven, and we wait for the Savior who comes from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Moffat's translation was 1913. Um, I like what he says there about a colony, a colony. It's an idea that has been uh, that has been lost. I mean, in in our in our society, you take countries, and that whole country exists, but it, originally it was a colony of uh, of another country. And I like that very much because if you if you think about it, a colony sort of or a place that has been colonized, it takes on or it is the the um, let's go with the option of taking on the um, principles and practices of the col- of the country that colonized it. So you'll find this. Um, in various aspects, but you can find places. Uh, I remember uh, a great minister from, he was from the Bahamas, and uh, the Bahamas, they speak English in the Bahamas, right? They don't speak Spanish or, you know, uh, because they were colonized by English-speaking people who taught uh, English, and uh, it, English is the main uh, language of their culture. And a lot of places that are colonized, they may have other languages that they use regularly. There may be several languages that they used regularly. I'm only pointing language out as a as a distinction. There's places you can go in Africa and they speak French, uh, and that's because of the heavily uh, it was heavily influenced by the French. Uh, you know, Napoleon traveled and uh, did what he did in a lot of different places, and 
and the and the corresponding results were the people spoke French. And all I'm coming at that from, I'm only coming at that from the angle that sort of typifies the sense that, you know, if you go to, uh, from one country and you go to another country and sort of make an extension of your country, you're generally, uh, not always, but you're generally going to introduce into that other um, country uh, the, the, you know, some of the beliefs and practices and and systems judicially and politically of the country that has colonized it. Um, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying <laughs> I get myself in trouble. But uh, I'm just saying that that's very, very common. And if you think about it in that sense, um, after the fall, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chop or parse this out in a, in a few different ways uh, to simplify, but after the fall, you can see um, the earth being cut off from God the people and the citizens of the earth being cut off from him. And uh, you could you could make the equation of that's like a like a like a um, like the English going to the Bahamas or yeah, the Bahamas, where you have an ocean between them. There there there's no direct connection. They're cut off. And uh, they went on ships and they colonized it um, and introduced into that land, uh, language, all these other things that I've mentioned. After the fall, you see the same, you see the same thing occurring. There was a, there was a cut off. There was a disconnect between heaven and earth, the realm of the spirit and the realm of the natural God's dominion, God's kingdom and the planet that he had created, but it was cut off. He put it into a, no, it wasn't cut off from him. Uh, he could do with it as he pleased, uh, a very, I'm going to stop and pause and make a point, a very mistaken, there's a huge error in many believers. I come across this all the time. When Adam rebelled against God, he didn't hand it over to the devil. He didn't hand the authority of the earth over to the devil. That's not how, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. If if you, uh, I'm going to use it brief example if uh if i um you know if I, if i own something or if i if i'm put in charge of something and you're swindled out of it it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that that all of the all of the control or in, uh, of that situation is 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 legally transferred over it, the devil didn't take con- authority of this earth Adam was put in the garden in a stewardship role. He was in a stewardship role. So if a steward, um, you know, disobeys his directive, the, what he was placed in, over charge, in charge of doesn't go to somebody else. It goes back to the person who put him, made him a steward. God owns the earth. The heaven and the earth are mine, he says. He didn't give authority total authority of the earth to Adam. He gave it to him on a conditional, a stewardship. It was a stewardship role that he was placed in the garden and given authority in a stewardship role based upon his obedience, based upon his continued obedience. On the day that you eat, you shall surely be cut off from me. You shall die. The word die there means separate. You'll be separate from me. 
That means what I've put you, given you, is graced you with, will return to me. You're, you've you've cut yourself off from it, right? If, if an if an employee listens to, if an employee is is doing something for an employer and they're sent on a task or a job, and and someone else comes along, and talks them into disobeying the directive of the one who sent him to do that job, the authority of the job doesn't go to the guy who talked him into it goes back to the owner, and he'll send somebody else in place. He'll send another steward. People will always bring up the verse of the temptation of Jesus, where he said that, you know, uh, he says, you know, if you bow down, showed him the kingdoms of the world, showed him the empires of the world, and said, all these have been given unto me, and if you bow, I'll give them to you. He was lying. He was lying. He is a liar. It's amazing to me that <laughs> I get myself going here. It's amazing to me how people would you you know <laughs> if you give them a list of list of things that describe Satan <laughs> liars like it's a, a top one. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be one or two, right? <laughs> it's a liar, and then. And then it's 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 amazing that when we go to the temptation of Jesus, where he says all these were given unto me, and I'll give them to who I will, we think he was telling the truth, <laughs> right? No, he wasn't telling the truth. He was lying. That's how deceptions work. That's how they work. He's a liar. Jesus said everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Everything is a lie, including that. It's called it's called a temptation. You, you know, it's it's a classic bait and switch. It's a classic baited lie. That's what he is. That's what Diablo is. It's a baiter. That's what it is. You throw you throw a ball. That's a big bad word, but all it means is you take a ball, throw it against the wall, it comes back to you. You throw it out, it comes back to you. Think of a bass fisherman. I don't fish, but think of a bass. I've seen them fishing. They throw the lure in and they reel it in. They throw it in, they reel it back. They throw it in, they reel it back. That's what they do. They're baiting the fish. It has to see it moving. They create a movement. The fish sees that movement and it and it hits it. Hits takes the bait. Well, that's what that's what the devil was doing. He was baiting him. Oh man, I could get all these empires. No, you won't get them. You'll get nothing. You'll get what I got. Nothing. Anyway, um, so. When, when you think about that, so God is now cut off from the earth. He's not cut off in the sense that it's all his. He, belong, he has no access point because the person, his, his dimension is a different dimension and he's, his, his dimension was connected to a physical being and that physical being was Adam, male and female, right? So they disobey. They lose their stewardship. All the authority comes back to the father, but he has no access point. There's no one in the earth that he can speak to direct through he's been he's been like it's 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 a it's a it's a misnomer to think that just like you know adam was cut off from god so he was cut off from the spiritual dimension he was cut off from a relationship with god relating to god receiving things from god that's very true but the same thing occurred for god he was cut off 
He had the man whom he had created, the man whom he had given directive to, the man who was going to be the colonizer of the earth for him has rebelled. So there's no access point. So back to our story of colonization, and I'm not going to chase this too far. This would be five podcasts. But if, you know, if, if the country that's going to colonize another country sends somebody, sends a ship with a commander and a bunch of people, and they're going there to colonize, and he decides, the guy decides, you know what, they make a stop over in some other place, and it's be that's a great place. And so he's sitting there in the restaurant, and someone offers him a job, and he yeah, he says, yeah, forget it. I'm not going to that place. I'm just going to stay here. Well, the, the person who sent him has to send somebody else now. His intention has been, has been uh, dwarfed, right? His, his, his intention has been, has been delayed. It has to be altered. He has to make a course correction. And, of course, we know God did, but... The point being, as far as the initial connection with Adam, with the original colonizer, it's been cut off. Okay? So when we're talking about, we're talking about citizens or citizenship, we have to understand that God demand, or required, God desired that human beings would relate, that they would be both material and physical and spiritual beings. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We, there's this connection of the two worlds that God desired. And Adam was created purely on a physical plane, in a physical realm, but he was going to graduate, ultimately eating from the tree of life. And he would be God's colonizer, God's extension, God, the crown of God's creation in two dimensions. There's obviously more to that, but, and to the aspect of what the tree of life truly represented. But for the sake of, 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 the, of the citizenship, we'll look at it from that simple term, that simple explanation. Now, in the physical, as a citizen of the earth, he was a citizen of the earth because a citizenship is developed, or sorry, a, a citizenship is established where you're born. And I dealt with this extensively on the citizenship of the believer, but it connects to this relate this this aspect is connected to it in what we're talking about today. That the church, by and large, is confused. Well, no, not by and large. it's massively confused. It's not. This is not a small thing, and we're talking about pillars. We're talking about major establishments. So. In how it relates to God's sovereignty. And this one is huge because um, far most Christians are caught between two worlds. They are disconnecting themselves from this world, and at the same time, they don't know how to connect with the heavenly realm. Now, it's hard enough because it's not relatable to the mind easily. It says, but I'm going to read Moffat's trans... I'll just read another one here. But our homeland is in heaven, and we are waiting for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come from heaven. Another translation says, but we are citizens of heaven. 
where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. So the connection there, the relatedness of it is that we are citizens of heaven. Now that confuses people because what one of the challenges that we have is we, we know we're citizens of the earth because we were born here. Now you're citizens of the earth because you're born here and then you're citizen of a country that you were actually born in. So if you were born in the United States, you're a citizen of the United States. Now, if your parents are both Americans, and let's say you were born in Canada, you would be a Canadian citizen, but you would also, the second, let's say your parents lived in Canada for two years, and, and you're, born in, you're born in Canada, and you're, you're, you'll, give, you'll be given a Canadian citizenship. Now, you also, your parents can apply and you will be established as an American citizen because both of your parents are Americans. So when you go back to America, let's say two years later, little babies and doesn't even know, he's two years old and he's got a Canadian citizenship, a Canadian passport, an American citizenship and an American passport because he's a dual citizen. He can vote in both of those countries. There's certain aspects that he can, he, there's certain relationships and privileges he has from both countries because he's a dual citizen. But it's important here that the citizen was established where you were born. That's where it's established. Now, that's a challenge for believers. And I dealt with it extensively on the other podcast, but I want to make it here. I want to say it again here because it relates to where we're going with this. Now, you were born in the earth and you were born in the country that you're from and you are a citizen of the earth. But the spirit, if you've been born again, your spirit is not, your spirit was not born on the earth. Right? A lot of people mistake this because they're over, their minds are overridden with the fact that they are citizens of the earth. So they read a verse like I just read where it says we're citizens of heaven. And we think of that as sort of a metaphysical or a spiritual or a biblical idea, a, a theory. It's because the Bible says it. Yeah, of course, it's true. But we don't know how it's true. It isn't just true because the Bible says it, though that's a part of it. But the Bible says it because it in fact is true. And if it is true, and we, and then we understand that citizenship is based upon birthplace, that means that the spirit, the newborn spirit that's inside of the believer who is born again, that newborn spirit was born in heaven and came to the earth. Okay? Like we talked about, you know, that child's born in Canada, but his parents are Americans. So, even though he was not born in America, he is an American, and he will be given that American citizenship. He's entitled to it the second he was born, and he, he was also entitled to a Canadian citizenship when he was born. Okay? Now, we talked about the sovereignty of God earlier on, 
and I'm going to tie it back into here in our next podcast. I want to thank you for joining me today on His Light and Life, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.